Hello and welcome to the show floor of All Energy down here in Glasgow. Uh, my name is Hamish Penman, I'm a digital journalist at Energy Voice and I'm joined this morning by Chris Finnegan, Head of Renewables Projects at Aberdeen Headquarters Exodus. Chris, welcome to the podcast booth, I think you're the first one of the day as well, so nice to, to kick that off. Thank you for having me. Yeah, not at all. It's good to be here. So, I mean, to kick us off then, reflections on what is a huge and impressive conference down here at the SEC. Yeah, it's very impressive. It's re really good, uh, really good turnout. Good to see, you know, the mix of, you know, businesses, education, uh, you know, various parts of the industry represented today. So really, really good outlook. And I mean, it's early days, of course, but what have been some of the key themes from discussions, panel sessions that you've looked at, um, kind of the, the talking points that dominate in the the conference so far. I guess the key theme is the you know bright future for the for the energy sector in, in Scotland, you know, for renewables and and, and the energy transition. Uh, and I guess one of the one of the big key themes for me is around supply chain, uh, you know, ability to to deliver these projects and and also resources, the, the having the right people, the right skills uh, available to to build what we have ahead of us. Can you tell us a wee bit about Exodus and, and the work you do within within the company? Yep, so Exodus, we, we're, a, you know, we're an integrated uh, energy consultancy, uh, working across you know, oil and gas and the energy transition uh, through carbon capture uh, and, and other energy sectors through to, to, through to the renewables. Uh, so my, my role within uh, Exodus is, is head of renewables projects, so leading our, our projects in the renewables sector. Uh, and, and you know, sort of aligned sectors as well to, to support energy transition. What are some of the key projects that you've worked on, are working on, some of the, the kind of headline ones, would you say? So we've got a number of projects going on globally. Uh, I guess, you know, big recent success with, with Scotland. We, we supported a number of the successful bids uh, for Scotland and, and Intog. Uh, so really great to see the, you know, how the team have, have developed and, and de delivered there, uh, the, the technologies that are out there as well. Uh, we're working on other projects globally as well, from, from the US through to Australia. So really uh, diverse range of projects on the, on the cards at the moment. Sure, and you mentioned Intog there, we've obviously got the results of that now. We've got a much better picture of how this platform electrification piece is going to look. What are the next steps now that the results have been announced? Because, I mean, crucially for a lot of the supply chain, Intog's going to come before Scotland, I think. So a lot of people are hoping that it's going to be the chance for, for supply chain companies to get their ducks in a row. Yeah, I think that's a fair observation I think like all of the projects we've got on the horizon just now it's, it's actually the ability to deliver them is the challenge so really hope that the people who've been successful in the NTOG applications are you know able to deliver those projects and that's something we are you know supporting as well and able to support the collaboration required there and, and bring in some of the, the supply chain uh, t together to, to do that um, but yeah I think the, the real challenge is, is being able to actually build these projects now and, 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 and get what's fit for purpose and what's needed for, particularly as you mentioned, electrification there, uh, to really try and decarbonise the, the oil and gas sector. Is there a preference on electrification techniques? I know there's kind of a bit of debate and I've heard at previous conferences around perhaps power to shore cables or integrated grid systems. You know, from your kind of technology standpoint, does one stand above the rest? I don't think so, no. I think there's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Mm -hmm. It very much depends on, you know, I guess the assets that you're integrating with, the, the location of them. Uh, and what technology fits best. Also, what, what investment is able to be made to that, to that uh, asset as well. So, you know, power, power from shore is, is clearly a, you know, a good option if it's economical. Mm. You know, to install subsea cables, for instance, isn't a, a cheap thing to do. Uh, equally so, you know, looking at, you know, integrated uh, delivery of power from the likes of offshore wind, floating wind, 
uh, into oil and gas platforms is, is another very viable opportunity. Uh, but I would say there's no clear uh, winner. Uh, it's very much dependent on the, the factor specific to each asset. Yeah, on that power from shore piece, I think it was the Equinor projects, the Goliath project, where they're actually going to integrate floating winds on top of their power from shore cable. Is that a solution that you think could work in, the, in certain parts of the UK North Sea? Definitely, I think that sort of approach is the key to, to the future in the energy sector in general, is that integrated approach. We need a little bit of everything to be successful. Uh, but again, it, it can definitely work, but it, there's a lot of local factors that need to be applied in, in these circumstances. And I think the more you can integrate into something successfully, the, the better it is for industry as a whole, because you're, you know, you're proving technology. You're also you know, providing resilience uh, to, to whatever asset you're, you're trying to electrify by, by bringing other technologies into that as well. So, uh, so yeah, definitely a good, a good uh, way forward. What do you see some of the challenges being in delivering these projects, not just in TOG, but Scotland as well. I mean, there's a huge number of turbines that are going to be put in Scottish waters in the next 10, 15 years, and there's going to be a number of hurdles that are going to have to be cleared before that's made a reality. Yeah, definitely. I think the key challenges for me are probably, you know, is, is consenting, mm -hmm. is, is getting these projects to a place where we're able to go and build them. Um, supply chain, uh, you know, who is, is, is and, and what technology do you, do you need to install these projects to, to fabricate the you know, the structures to manufacture the cables, to secure the contracts for turbines, etc., uh, and the people, you know, where are the, where are the skilled people coming from to deliver these projects? And we have a huge amount of uh, experience, particularly in the, in the UK, around delivering offshore projects, a lot of which is transferable from oil and gas mm -hmm. uh, into renewables, some of which takes a bit of uh, transition type training. Um, but I'd say those are the three key areas for me where, where there are real challenges. So, and, that, and that, those are the areas where, where it, you know, we at Exodus, uh, excel at bringing those those various parties together and, and giving our view on you know decades now of experience uh, delivering offshore projects and, and managing offshore assets uh, to be able to help uh, some of our clients some of the developers uh, navigate some of those challenges in terms of you know who's right to support them for which piece of work uh, which which uh, markets are pulling on the the biggest draw in supply chain at the yeah. moment so how best to maybe inform a procurement strategy uh, so things like that. I know grid and consenting was something the, the First Minister just spoke about this morning in his plenary session. And on that skills point, I mean, we hear from a lot of companies that they're struggling to, to find staff. There's a, a skill, well-documented skills shortage. Do you think that events like this can play a part in helping to address that, kind of perhaps providing you with a joined-up thinking, attracting people to the energy industry? Yeah, I, de I definitely think events like this certainly can. And I think there needs to be a, I'm not sure what the solution is, but I think there needs to be a holistic view on how we tackle that problem because it's not just the energy industry there's a shortage in stem skills in general uh, you know bringing people into the energy sector you know i've worked in the energy sector for some time now it's a really exciting place to work whether you're in oil and gas or renewables or transitioning between the two uh, but being able to help people navigate how the skills are transferable how to get into it and showing that the, the industry has good longevity for careers uh, and it's not the stereotypical dirty engineering sector that people maybe assume that it is. Uh, so I think events like this can certainly give uh, an opportunity to highlight those benefits, but really, you know, the people involved in these sorts of events need to be aligned and having some commitment to, to you know, tackling those challenges as well. Excellent. An exciting place to work. I think that's a nice, nice point to leave it on for today. But thanks very much for, for joining us, Chris. That was brilliant. Really great to hear about the work that's going on and some of the challenges that need to be overcome. Uh, you can keep up to date uh, on All Energy on the uh, SG Voice and Energy Voice website throughout the course of the next couple of days. 
Uh, thanks very much again, Chris. And yeah, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Cheers. Out Loud is the podcast from Energy Voice, leading the global energy conversation. Bookmark and subscribe to energyvoice.com, sign up to our newsletter and follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for expert analysis and insight right across the energy sector. Subscribe to Out Loud on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do encourage colleagues and friends to listen to Out Loud too. If you've enjoyed it, leaving a rating or review, especially on Apple Podcasts, helps others discover it too. Thank you.